Welcome to Ubaldi Reports. Now, this has been a crazy week. At the beginning of the week on Monday, we had the opportunity to have a town hall meeting at Drake University between all three Democratic challengers for president. Then this week, actually yesterday, we had the Republican debate, which was located at the Iowa Events Center in Des Moines, Iowa. Now, yesterday's debate between all the Republican aspirants for the White House, one notable exception at the middle of the week Donald Trump, the leading frontrunner, decided to opt out of the debate. Now, first he claimed he wanted not to be participating in the debate because at the first Republican debate hosted by Fox News, Megyn Kelly was one of the moderators, and he felt that she treated him shabbily or was not kind to him in any way. So he was first against that. Then it turned into something else between him and Roger Ailes, who's the Uh, the head of Fox News, and it just went from there. But with that all said, with, with Donald Trump out of the debate, this opened up the chance for the other candidates to get their message heard because in previous debate, Donald Trump was the leading protagonist and all the attention focused on him. On this debate, that changed. Now, Megyn Kelly was one of the moderators with Chris Wallace and Brett Baer. And she was tough. She was very tough on the candidates, especially when it came down to um, questions she asked both of Marco Rubio and Ted Cruz with regard to their previous stance or what they said or what they didn't say with regard to um, immigration. And Ted Cruz seemed to slither through that a little bit better than Marco Rubio, but they still were asked very poignant questions on what they said in the past. And Jeb Bush, he chimed in on to what more or less what Marco Rubio had said. It seems like throughout this campaign, he's been focusing his attention on Marco Rubio. I think he's believing that if he takes uh, Marco Rubio down a peg, he would be a number third. So when there's a drop-off between Ted Cruz and um, Donald Trump at the top, he would fill the void. So it's interesting the strategy how that's going. But this strategy doesn't seem to be working now because he's not really that high up in the poll considering the amount of money um, he spent on this race. But with the absence of Donald Trump, this debate was probably the debate they should have had from the start. This debate was focused more on policy substance and the differences between the candidates. So there really wasn't much of the the name-calling and finger-pointing and who did what and who said what in the past. This was focused on policy differences, and it was very substance of the debate. Now, the one question that I thought was interesting, and I, I think it was by Chris Wallace asked this question of some of the candidates. I think all the candidates asked this, most notably Ted Cruz. How would you work with the other parties? And Ted Cruz, you know, gave his answer, but he said, we've got to do something different. We can't go by the typical Washington approach. Now, the biggest concern is Obamacare. Almost all the Republicans say, or all the Republicans say they would scrap it and start from scratch. Now, if going by that question, how would you work with the other party? How would you work with the Democratic Party if you became president? Minus how the Congress shapes up, whether the Republicans keep the Senate or not, they're still going to have to work with the other party. And what I mean by that, when Barack Obama took, assumed the presidency in 2009, he really got a boost in Democratic majorities in both the House and the Senate. 
At that time, the Democrats controlled the House and the Senate, but they really increased their lead, especially in the Senate. They had 60 senators and a supermajority in the House, which means they could um, they could virtually do whatever they want. They didn't. They had a veto-proof majority, so the Democrats could do anything they wanted. Since that time, the House in 2010 went Republican. And in 2016, I mean, excuse me, 2014, the Republicans took the Senate. And in each time they increased their lead. But that said, they only have, I believe, 53 or excuse me, 54 senators that are Republican. So whoever wins the White House will not have this enjoy the same one party control of both branches. So whoever becomes president is going to have to work with the other side and I keep going back to that. How would you work with the other party? Meaning if the Republicans decide to repeal Obamacare, my question is, how would they repeal it? Do they have the votes enough to repeal Obamacare? Because they're not going to have a supermajority in the House, and they're definitely not going to come even close to having a veto-proof majority in the Senate. So the question now becomes, with what Chris Wallace asked, how would you work with the other party? And a lot of the people in the establishment wing of the Republican Party are very leery of Ted Cruz because they, they do not trust him. They don't like him. And a lot of it has to stem from in 2013 where he forced the Republican Party to shut down the government in October of 2013. The only thing that really saved the Republican Party because that same month the government um, health care website was rolled out and it was an utter disaster. So once the government was reopened, the whole focus for the next couple months was on the government, um, I mean, excuse me, the government um, website that crashed. So that's a question that has to be, has to be asked for all the kids. And this includes the Democrats. Because I know in one debate, Hillary Clinton was asked, who are your enemies? And she named off one, you know, re- repeated numerous enemies. Then she said, probably the Republicans. Well, that's not conducive of working with the other party because no matter who becomes president, Democrat or Republican, you're going to have to work with the other party to get your your policies enacted. Now, there were a couple things that I thought were missing in this debate. Most of the debate was focused on foreign policy and ISIS. And they did touch on the economy and some of the problems facing this country right now. But the one thing that wasn't mentioned was since the beginning of January, we've seen a sharp drop in the stock market. That wasn't mentioned by either of the candidates. And when they did talk about the economy, nothing was really mentioned about small businesses. They did talk about Obamacare. They did talk about, you know, mentioned Dodd-Franks and other regulatory issues that come through. But they didn't talk about all this impact on small business. And this is where the candidates on both political parties need to get an idea about because This is by the Small Business Administration and the Department of Commerce stated that small businesses represent around 60% of all jobs created in America and employ, that's under 50 employees or less. And even the Brookings Institute, which is a progressive liberal think tank, reported in 2014 of May of that year that there are more businesses leaving the economy that are coming in. So the co- the companies that are, are retained in the economy are typically your larger corporations or more mainly corporate America. So everybody seems to have this angst against corporate America, but they're really doing 
the policies that are being implemented the last few years really improve corporate America's bottom line at the expense of small business. So that needs to be addressed. The other aspect was, I mean, it was touched on, but not in great depth, is the national debt. The national debt currently is about $19 trillion. By the time President Obama leaves office, it'll be around or close to $20 trillion. But nobody mentioned that. Each of the the moderators mentioned to the candidates, first starting with Chris Christie, what would you change? What, What program agency would you get rid of to reduce this debt? Now, obviously, he mentioned Planned Parenthood, which goes to the base of the Republican Party because the government um, funds Planned Parenthood, or at least gives a good portion of their budget to Planned Parenthood. But he didn't really go into what other programs would he reduce, eliminate to reduce this debt. He mentioned a couple, but those are very superficial programs. What would be the one thing? And none of the other candidates addressed how they would reduce the staggering U.S. debt. And then from the foreign policy side, a couple of the other areas that were mentioned was China wasn't discussed, even though in the previous debate, Donald Trump said he wanted to put a 40% tariff on all Chinese goods coming into the United States. That wasn't mentioned. Afghanistan wasn't brought up. Here we're going to have, by the time the new president takes office, we're going to have close to 10,000 troops still in Afghanistan. This new president will be the third president to have faced combat operations in Afghanistan. That wasn't mentioned. Very little was mentioned of Iran, especially in light of the policy to defeat ISIS. And that's a good lead-in to the next phase that the Republican candidates were asked, was their ISIS strategy and their Obama's war authorization that he did a nationally televised address last February in 2015, wanting Congress to authorize military operations to defeat ISIS. And since that time, Congress has neither taken up nor debated or held hearings on this war authorization. But to be fair, President Obama has not sold his war authorization. Really, the only time he's talked about it in recent times was um, in his State of the Union address wanting Congress to authorize that war authorization. Now, Ted Cruz was asked about his strategy and the moderators were asking him, you made a statement that you wanted to bomb ISIS, you wanted to turn the sand orange. And Ted Cruz responded, you know, obviously he was critical of the President Obama's approach, but he said, yeah, we've got to defeat, if, yeah, if I am president, we will defeat ISIS. But the one thing the Republicans, and this could even the same way with the Democrats, they're missing the whole point of defeating ISIS. Now they keep mentioning the Arab allies need to, especially the Sunnis, which are the predominantly the main um, um, ethnic group in the Middle East, which account for 80% of all Muslims in the Middle East, and the rest of it is um, Shiite. But the one thing they never mentioned is the Arab Sunnis, like Saudi Arabia, the Gulf states, Egypt, they've always wanted the United States to have a strategy to take out Assad, the uh, president Bashar al-Assad of Syria, who is heavily backed by the Russians and the Iranians, which is our Shiite nation. But the United States, for whatever reason, has not come up with a coherent strategy, even when President Obama said in 2011 that Assad days are numbered. So they see us as inconsistent because they look at the threat differently than we do. Now, we, have, we look at the threat as ISIS. 
They don't see it that way. They see the threat emanating from Iran because they're seeing Iran heavily involved in Iraq, Yemen, Syria, Lebanon, supporting Hezbollah, and um, supporting Hamas in the West Bank and Gaza Strip area. So that's their focus. So when Ted Cruz said we got to get the regional partners, and even George Bush, excuse me, Jeb Bush mentioned we got to get our Arab allies and more Turkey, Saudi Arabia. They're missing the key component. They see the threat differently than we do. They see it. Assad must go first. Then we'll focus on ISIS. But they also see the problem in Iraq where we precipitous withdrew in 2011, allowing the Shiite government to take hold, heavily supported by Iran. So that's why both parties, Democrats and Republicans, because of the policies of the last few years, we need, they're looking at it that way. And then they see the nuclear agreement that was signed last summer. And then now that's been confirmed, the sanctions are lifted. $100 billion plus is going to Iran. And now Iran is, um, the prime minister is traveling through Europe to secure deals. And now they secured a deal with Airbus to send them well over 100 aircraft. And people need to realize the Iran Revolutionary Guard Corps is heavily invested in every phase or all phases of the Iranian economy. So this needs, and we got to remember, this organization, the Revolutionary Guard Corps, was responsible for killing half of all Americans in Iraq and in um, Afghanistan. So this is a problem that neither the parties, neither the aspirants for the White House have ever addressed. So this is something that, as listeners, you need to follow through. And it's like, okay, you say this, but what about X, Y, Z? And no one has come up with a coherent plan as neither the president nor the Democrats or Republicans. Once you take care of ISIS, what replaces ISIS? Does the al-Nusra front jump in? Does the other al-Qaeda affiliates come in? They mentioned the Kurds, but Turkey doesn't want the Kurds to be stronger because they see they have their own uh, problems with the Kurdish group. So these are things that haven't been discussed. The other issue is the military budget. Ted Cruz was asked this, how he, over the last few years, um, voted against the military budget, but yet he, at the same time, he wants the military to do more. Now, I think we all realize the military has been taking a big beating the last few years, but one of the problems that none of the candidates addressed is they need to reform the Defense Department. The Defense Department, I spent 30 years in the Marines. I've seen a lot of waste, fraud, and abuse. We need to overhaul our procurement and acquisition systems. We spend way too much on bloated um, weapon systems, on issues that we just shouldn't be spending on. Even Politico, which is a center-left uh, magazine, online um, news thing, they came up with a um, an article talking about a $7 billion waste in the um, acquisition system of the U.S. military. So that's just a lot of money that needs to be addressed and really at this point hasn't been addressed by either party. It's either cut the military or spend it. And that goes the same thing with a lot of these government programs, which kind of surprised me that the Republicans who are always against big government and want to reform and scale back government never came up with a coherent strategy or even when Chris Christie was asked, what would you do differently to reduce the size of government, especially what programs, what um, agencies would you say 
need to be reformed or eliminated. So this is what the Republicans need to address as moving forward. Now, the other issue that, I mean, in the Democratic Party debates, it takes, it's almost like everything they talk about is the economy. In the, in the Republican debates, it seems like the moderators focused on the foreign policy, ISIS, and then they, the other part is, or the last part is on the economy. The economy was discussed, talked about, but not really in depth. And neither candidate really talked broadly and deeply about the economy. And this goes to the same thing with the Democrats. Now, at this point, for this election, we're going to have a huge choice to make. Well, at least the American people are going to have to make this choice. What direction do you want to go with the American economy? Do you believe in the expansion of the federal government, much like what Bernie Sanders and Hillary Clinton are claiming? Or do you believe in reducing the government, making a smaller free market approach to solving our economic issues? This is the decision that the country is going to have to make, as these are very stark stark decisions that have to be done. And there's policies that emanate from this affect everybody in, um, in America. But again, the candidates didn't get too specific except what they would do differently than President Obama, how they would jumpstart the U.S. economy. Now, Chris Christie was asked about entitlement reform. This is the one aspect none of the other candidates discussed in great detail of what, how they would reform the entitlement system. That's Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid, and the services on the debt. That equals about 60 to 70 percent of the U.S. budget total with everything. So, and now the Democrats didn't mention it, except they, they just, you know, rail against the Republicans and Republicans rail against Democrats. But this has to be looked at. And this is the same thing that, not in this debate, because this is not a federal issue, but this is what the states are reeling with across the country. And this affects them when it comes to the expansion of Medicare implemented into the um, Affordable Care Act is, Many of these states are affected, are having unfunded pension liabilities. Now, Chris Christie comes from uh, New Jersey. His state's about $80 billion short. California is well over $200 billion short. And with the stock market coming down precipitously as it did, that's going to affect a lot of these pension portfolios across the country. So for my listeners, this is something you got to be looking at because if if there's a shortfall, politicians are politicians. They're going to do everything they can to, to make sure they have a balanced budget at the expense of what's doing what's right. So it's something you need to look at. But again, small businesses wasn't discussed all that much. Now, when it came to millennials, I know in the Democratic town hall, they talk about a lot about the millennial issues. No one really, even the Democrats, no one has really come up with a solid plan how to jumpstart the economy, but also, most importantly, how to alleviate the, the huge student, staggering student loan debt, which is now more than credit card debt for the first time. So we're talking well over a trillion dollars. So these kids who graduate college now enter an economy, they can't find jobs, they're having a staggering student loan debt with no way of paying it back, but there's a vast majority are now moving back home to live with their parents just so they can get back on their feet. And a lot of people, and I tell this to everybody, ask, or I would even ask yourself, if you had to, if you lost your job today, could you find the same job with the same benefits that you're currently making now? 
And a lot of people I ask say no. So that's a problem. And that's why you're seeing the economy not grow. And even today, I know this wasn't mentioned yesterday because it came out today. The gross, I mean, gross domestic product for the fourth quarter was only 0.7. And so our growth is probably going to be for the year is only around 2%. That's hardly enough to jumpstart this listless economy. And no one has just talked about how do we get GDP higher than 2%, which it hasn't been three, it hasn't been over 3% in 10 years. So this is something that has to be addressed and currently is not. So as, I, as we move forward in this election cycle, I know everybody has their candidate or maybe there's a lot undecided, but I think the American people need to realize they need to force the media to ask the, the hard questions of our candidates. And when they go to these town halls and really challenge your, your, your candidates or the other party's candidates, how would they do this? How would they fix this? Because nobody is discussing these issues. We can't go another four years and find out later, oh, now he's, that president's going to do that. Because we got too many problems, too many people are unemployed, can't find work, struggling in part-time work, and this is going to hurt the economic viability of the country. So again, we, I'm going to keep continually doing this. On Monday, we have the Iowa caucus. So on Tuesday, I'll give an analysis of what transpired, who won, who lost, why, what's going on, what's going on for the future. There's a lot of issues out there. I would encourage everybody to sign up on iTunes and Stitcher. It's free. Leave a message. Tell me what you think. Tell me what you want to hear. And I'll try my best to make to, to incorporate that in my podcast. If you get a chance, I wrote a book called The New Business Brigade, Why Businesses Need to Hire Veterans in the Untapped Resource They they Represent. You can find the book, The New Business Brigade, on Amazon. It's a bestseller. You can find it at any of the um, major book companies like Barnes & Noble. You can find it there. And if you buy it, please leave a message. Please do a a book review of what you think of it because the more copies that – the more book reviews I get, then Amazon will do free marketing for me. And my goal is to get that on the New York Times bestseller list. Again, thank you for listening to this analysis of the Republican debate. We're going to keep doing this. So please stay tuned. Stay listen to Ubaldi reports and get out and vote. Take Enjoy yourself.